Welcome to this episode of Creative License, Inside the Worlds of Rising Artists. I'm Lena Adams, and in this podcast, I'll be exploring some burning questions about the creative process with my friends across different artistic disciplines, unpacking the wonders and the challenges of being a full-time artist in the modern world. Just a reminder that you can follow me on Twitter at Creative License, and you can DM me with any requests for guests or with any general feedback or support. Equally, you can message me and follow me on Instagram at Creative License Podcast. Without further ado, let's unpack. Welcome to part two of my chat with world-class, world-renowned children's author Annabelle Sami. Okay, she's not she's not actually world-renowned yet. Not quite anyway. But she's gonna get there. She's she's gonna get there and I can I can sense it. As usual, you can follow me on Instagram at Creative License Podcast and on Twitter at Creative License, but the S in license is replaced with a five. Thank you very much and uh, enjoy the episode. So I suppose diving right back into it, I thought this would be a nice kind of segue into <laughs> a nice segue into mental health. Let's segue but, um, into mental health. Let's do it. Um, let's let's dive right in I suppose you have mentioned kind of what it was how it kind of felt um pursuing writing as more than just a hobby and what toll that took on you if you're willing to talk to me about that um yeah I mean yeah so I kind of already I said about what the process was like of um kind of going full-time writing um and doing that during the pandemic, it was like double isolation of everyone being locked down and sort of the isolation that that brought. But then the isolation of being a writer. And at that time, I didn't really have like a community of writers. I didn't know any other children's authors at that time. So... I kind of was just sitting in my room every day. I would, I was in such a small room at that time as well. So I would like roll out of bed and could basically just sit straight at my desk and then start writing. Um, and I had no inspiration, no desire to write, no motivation. Um, I felt really down about the fact that my books were coming out during the pandemic because obviously as a debut, like that, that's your debut book. That's your one chance to be a debut. <laughs> um, and none of the bookshops were open. None of the schools were open. Libraries weren't open. So um, there was basically no way of me selling my books apart from online um or creating an audience or like doing sort of tour of schools um so I felt really sad because I was like you know I've missed my opportunity and I do feel like as I'm sure lots of other people feel that if the pandemic hadn't happened I'd be a lot further along in my career than I was than I am now um so it's sort of just coming to terms with that, that there was all this excitement about my book coming out. And I was like, this is going to be the year that I take off. And then it was just the opposite. Um, 
So obviously my book sales were really massively affected by that. Um, and so, yeah, I did, I got really down about it. Um, I was very depressed. And then that sort of turned into anxiety about writing. Um, I was sort of worried about meeting deadlines and, and I was worried about the quality of my work because I knew that I didn't feel good and I'm writing funny books, right? So I was like, <laughs> like how am I going to make these books joyful or... I just didn't really have the desire or motivation to work on them and, and make them really good. And so I just always felt quite, um, I didn't feel very proud of them. And I didn't feel very proud of like my, everyone was like, oh my God, you've written so many books and you've got so many books coming out. And I didn't feel good about that. You know, I felt like, yeah. And at what cost, you know? When I've read them back, I do, you know, I think they are good and I think the quality is good. I just, I felt bad about myself at the time. So I thought that everything I was making was bad. Um, and also when you can't like launch a book, I was writing all these books and then they were just like coming out, but they weren't coming out because I couldn't go see them in a bookshop or I couldn't go talk to children that were reading them so it kind of felt like I was writing books and then throwing them into a void mm. um and then when things started to open up again and I was able to go and see my books in bookshops um and go to schools and visit readers um it started to like make more sense and I started to really love the work again and like be proud of what I'd made. Um, and then my mental health got a lot better. Um, but for basically two years, it was just like really bad and I didn't enjoy it at all. Um, and I was sort of just questioning like why I'd done it in the first place. Um, it's yeah, and it's really hard because like my motivation to become a children's author was to provide better representation for children of color, um, yeah. to write you know funny and adventurous girls, and I couldn't see the impact that my books were having on those children. So it kind of was like, well, that that was why I wanted to do this, and I don't see that I'm achieving my aim. But now that I've gone in met lots of children and and gone to loads of different schools and I've seen that my books do have an impact and I've also heard from a lot of parents and as well and teachers it makes it worth it again and when I'm writing I know who I'm writing for um so yeah. I think that's like a really key thing is to like keep that in my head like why did I start writing books I didn't start writing books because I wanted to win prizes I started writing books because I wanted those children to feel seen and represented in the books that they were reading and I feel like I am achieving that so it's made it worth it again and I've got that motivation back yeah it's so wonderful to hear that you've got that motivation back I can't imagine how draining that must have felt to not well I suppose like during the pandemic at a time where you were I guess tucked away in your room you couldn't see how your books were connecting with people 
But then I suppose once things started opening up and you started doing these talks at primary schools and stuff, I mean, I remember you telling me that what well, this this one girl came up to you and said, Agent Ziva looks just like me. Um yeah. or something along something similar to that. I just imagine how like the the pride that you must have felt in that moment and you must have experienced that multiple times since. Yeah. Really seeing how children are connecting with these characters and these worlds that you've created for them and that will definitely stick with them as they grow up because they like during their most formative and pivotal years they would have seen and like become acquainted with characters that were just like them yeah you've definitely played such an incredible and important role um and now I suppose you're at a point where your purpose has never been like closer to you because the world is like fully opened up now again once again Mm -hmm. and you can really connect with these children yeah definitely and I do feel a lot closer like to my readers now and that's really important um it doesn't feel like an abstract concept anymore (laughs) um so yeah, I'm I'm really grateful. I'm really grateful to like every time a teacher wants me to come in and and visit their class and um I like Twitter has been really useful for connecting with um teachers and librarians because they're quite active on there <laughs> those teachers yeah. and librarians. Um and they have um there's like quite a big kids lit community on Twitter. Um, and that's been really good because they will share your books and, you know, they're the ones who get books into the hands of children um, because you obviously can't connect with children directly on social media or the internet. So you're really relying on their caregivers and their adults to do that for you. Yeah. Are there any kind of, I suppose, what are the most valuable lessons that you've learned in how to manage or look after your own mental well-being because that's that's become so clear as a priority now um definitely having rest days um days where I don't do any writing um making sure that I have like that I do that um definitely doing so doing other creative things rather than just writing so um reading loads like just watching tv um I've been like trying to learn how to play guitar <laughs> like doing that like doing things that um that aren't writing basically so other forms of creative practice um which are like stress relievers um and then I have like quite a strong spiritual practice as well of like meditating doing yoga, praying, um, and, like, visiting. Like, I go to Glastonbury all the time because I just find it a really, like, like, I just, I feel like it recharges my soul. Um, so, yeah, making sure that I do all those things. Um, and, yeah, and being around my animals, they really, really help me. Um just to like get out of my head basically um you spend so much time in your head as a writer and I feel like you could get stuck in there if you don't do things that get you outside of it um 
Yeah. So just making sure I do things like with my body and go outside and talk to people. <laughs> yeah. I guess remember what it's like being a human. <laughs> yes. <laughs> a human in society. Absolutely. I'm super proud of you for everything you've achieved, obviously, Thank in the last you. couple of years. And I know it's come at a price, but I imagine you've learned so much from it. Yeah, definitely. Like, I don't feel... um I don't feel that way anymore and I feel like I've learned a lot from feeling that way so it hasn't been all for nothing you know um and I'm glad that I've come out the other side and I'm also kind of glad that I had that at the very beginning of my career rather than later on because now I'm like okay I've done that I've got to the place of being like I don't want to do this anymore and I want to quit um so like now I don't know yeah I've done it I've been to the bottom the only way is up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You just want it's a steady upward trajectory and you're doing fantastic. Exactly, thank so you. It's only going to get better. Yeah. So I wanted to pose a quote to you, and this is a Toni Morrison quote. Um, and I wanted to ask you, if there's a book that you want to read but it hasn't been written yet, then you must write it. So to what extent do you agree with this and where does this kind of sit in your life mm. um I mean that's why I started writing children's books was because I was babysitting and reading books to the kids and I thought that they were trash um I was the like kids, the kids or the books the books. <laughs> <laughs> I thought the books were trash so I was like I could write a better book than this um and yeah make sure that because it was it was a comedy book it was very obviously aimed at boys mm -hmm. the protagonist was a boy and the girls in the book were there only it seemed to be bossy or to spoil the fun and I think that the little boy I was babysitting said like about the girl character like oh she's so annoying and I was like yeah she is annoying but like she's been written that way. Yeah, she's been written that way. And I was like, this is awful. Like, I don't... There should be funny books for girls. There should be funny girls in books. Um, so I definitely, like, I mean, I agree because that's that's what I did. Um, but I would also say, Toni Morrison, not everyone wants to write a book. <laughs> so, you know, if there's a book that you want to read and it hasn't been written you don't want to write the book maybe just tell someone else about it and ask them to write it that's great advice but that's I mean that's really true what you were saying about I guess you know representing girls in a way that isn't just stereotypically kind of like young girls obviously can be bossy but boys can be too everyone yeah. everyone can be bossy at that age um and then just representation across different backgrounds different cultures and people of colour as well, is just so integral to, you know, during kids' formative years. Because if we're reading books, if kids that age are reading books that fully represent them, I know that's, that's going to be, like, developing empathy that wouldn't have otherwise been possible at that age, if you know what I mean. I just, yeah. like, there were so many, I wish I could have read your books or books like that when I was younger, or... 
other kids could have had access to those books as well because then there would have been a level of appreciation for different cultures that yeah. wasn't really there when I was growing up there was just a lot of misunderstanding and misinformation about I guess different religions different backgrounds um and knowing that kids now have access to literature that exposes them to that from such a young age is just that's just so important and so just I'm I'm just very glad that you're writing <laughs> thank you me too <laughs> so I, I suppose yeah if you wanted to share a little bit about your top priorities right now and what you're planning to do next yeah I mean so I'm really focusing on Dreamweavers um which is my new series the first book will be out in September um so I'm really, really excited about that. Um, there's going to be four books in that series. Um, I'm also really trying to get this um, this teenage YA book series off the ground. So stay tuned. Hopefully next time I'll be able to talk about it and say, and, you know, I got a six-figure book deal and it's going to be made into a movie and, you know, reach for the stars, really. Um but yeah, that's that's what I'm that's what I'm focusing on and um expanding my practice into sort of lots of different um art forms like live performance and stuff like that. Um I'd love to start creating live work with children as well. So I'm sort of trying to get more experience with that. Um because I think that that's a really exciting way to work with children as co-creators so yeah yeah those are my priorities at the moment and what I'm focusing on that's super great I've just thought of just another thing as well that I'm really curious about I guess because you've worked so closely with children and have written for them for a while now putting you on the spot a little bit here but what's kind of one really significant lesson that you've learned from children through working with them or writing for them oh I suppose there's just so much that we can learn from them yeah and it's so easy I, I feel for adults to dismiss children or invalidate their point of view I agree I think that um one thing I've learned from children is to not be embarrassed about talking about the things that excite you um when children tell me about the things that they're really enthused about they talk about it really unashamedly and they're like I've been writing a book and it's about this and I'm really excited and da -da -da -da. whereas if I you know if I'm telling someone about a book I'm writing I'm just shy about it and and I'm like, it shouldn't be that way. We should all feel really passionate about the things that we love um, in the same way that children do are and, and express. Um, I also think just like from being with, I think anyone who works with children or, you know, is around them a lot, hopefully will realise that, you know, we're not separate from children. We don't stop being children. And I think that, people kind of think that like you do children childhood and then it's over and then you become an adult um yeah. and it's not true like we're all still children inside and so I think 
I definitely learn from them to stay in tune with my inner child um, and and be a child sometimes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think I find it super endearing when anyone or particularly one of my friends shares excitement for a new project that they're working on or a book that they've just finished reading or literally anything. It could be like a cat that they saw on their way to meet me. And I would just mm -hmm. listen with so much just pride and, you know, the secondhand wonder because, yeah. you know, it is just so wonderful to see that childlike excitement in anyone of any age. I, I feel like that never really goes away. It just gets further repressed. Yeah, definitely. So, but yeah, thank you so much again for joining me today. I'm so excited to see what you do next. Um, I'm really excited to read Dreamweavers whenever it comes out. You can always yes. send me the manuscript. Actually, no, you'll probably get in trouble for that, won't you? No, I'll, well, I'll send you one of the first copies I get. I'll send it to you. Oh, yes. I would love to. <laughs> oh, that's, oh, okay. I'm really excited now. <laughs> um, and yeah, all the best with working on your teen series. Um, and developing that and getting that off the ground you can follow annabelle on twitter at annabelle sami i'll put that all in in the description and instagram at annabelle sami books and you can also follow creative license on instagram at creative license podcast and twitter at creative license but the s in license is replaced with a five thank you everybody for listening and i'll see you next time thank you annabelle Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Creative License Inside the Worlds of Rising Artists. As usual, I very much appreciate any critique or um, words of feedback or support. So send them my way through, uh, through Instagram and Twitter. Instagram handle is at Creative License Podcast and Twitter is at Creative License, except the S in license is replaced with the five. I really, really love hosting this podcast. It's a lot of fun and I just love talking to other people, other creatives and artists about their writing processes and way beyond that. So if you or anyone else you know might be interested in chatting with me on being featured on the show then please reach out on any of my social media handles because i'd really really love to hear from you so yeah thanks so much for listening once again and i will see you next time <laughs>